0: Street Theatre Podcast. Inspiring talks, tips, thoughts, and theories on live performance. Shakespeare to Sondheim, Broadway to the West End. If it's part of the stage, it's part of this show. I'm Eric Domeray. Thanks for joining me. Let's get started. Good evening everybody, Eric Domeray here. Happy St. Joseph's Day. I'm wearing my red for that. Not a lot of people know that everybody wears their green for St. Patrick's Day, but today is St. Joseph's Day, Uh, and so we wear red for that. So, Some of you, I know my son is having to read Romeo and Juliet um, while he is being quarantined, and of course that excites me, but it may not be exciting a lot of you. Some of you may hate William Shakespeare, and that's okay that you hate him, but what I want to do with this video here is maybe... Uh, Put aside some of your fears with Shakespeare is take away some of the mystery of it Um, This video might get a little controversial with some people because it's a a sticky subject and I'm going to be critical of some things Uh, I don't mean to step on anybody's toes while doing it, but I'm probably going to so I'm not going to Apologize for that. Okay, so uh, William Shakespeare You might not like him and I always uh, ask my students this. I say, how many of you like Shakespeare? And some of them, because they're in a the theater class, feel obligated to like Shakespeare. You're not obligated to like Shakespeare. If you don't like Shakespeare, you don't like Shakespeare. But I always ask why. Now, I want you guys that are watching this video right here to take a second. And I want you, if you don't like Shakespeare, why don't you like Shakespeare? Good. Say it out loud. Type it in the comments. Do whatever you want. Think about it. Now, I'm guessing there's a large percentage of you that when talking about why you don't like Shakespeare, the word reading was in there somewhere. There, right there, is the heart of the problem. Let me tell you a little something about William Shakespeare. After he died, 16... 13? I am mean, 16? I can't remember the exact, I think it was like 16 and 13, something like that. Um, a bunch of his friends got together and put together the first folio, um, which was a, a collection of all of his works. But they didn't have a lot of copies. What they had to do is they had to find maybe some of the copies that they had. They had to go around to some of the old actors that might have had copies of the script that they had. And also when Shakespeare wrote his plays, he gave just the sides, just the parts that that actor had to have. He didn't give him the entire script. They had to handwrite it. The printing press wasn't that old. Um, And also they may not have had even some of the written copies of some of the parts of the play. So they would have to go to this actor hoping he is still alive. I say he because they didn't allow women on stage back then. That's a whole other topic I'd love to talk about sometime. Um, which I'm totally against, by the way, uh, not having women on stage. But they would say, hey, do you remember this scene? Do you remember this monologue? Can you recite it for us? We'll write it down. So here's the thing. If Shakespeare intended for his plays to be read, wouldn't he have had copies of them for people to read? Isn't that strange? Wow. So, a lot of people say, William Shakespeare is the greatest writer in the English language. Okay, here comes my first controversial part, but hear me out. I disagree. Because, I think Shakespeare was the greatest dramatist in the English language. So, let me explain that a little bit. His plays were not meant to be read. They were meant to be seen and heard. He wrote the words down for the actor, so that the actor could put them into his mouth and interpret that for the audience to interact with the audience, to play off of them, maybe change the inflection, maybe change the context for the audience. Um, that is what he was doing. He was a dramatist. I stumbled. I I did a quick Google search right before um doing this video right here and i i just put some quotes together from the first article that i found and it was from a high school english teacher saying she hates shakespeare and she hates teaching shakespeare um the first thing she wrote shakespeare of course is seen by many as the greatest writer in the english language and central to the western canon Problem right there. If you're seeing him as exclusively a writer, you're completely missing the point. Then she says, "I'm going to quote her here." But uh, and I know I'm not going to criticize her too much. She's not here to defend herself. It's from Washington Post article, and she was making some other points that I thought were very, very good. And I'm just touching on the Shakespeare ones here. She says, "I'm a high school English teacher. Uh, I'm not supposed to dislike Shakespeare, but I do. And not only do I dislike Shakespeare because of my own personal disinterest in reading stories." written in an early form of the English language that I cannot always easily navigate, you can't read it. You don't get the inflection of the actor. You don't get their personal connection with the language. Um, It's meant to be put into somebody else's mouth. Then she went on to say this. Now I don't disagree with her here. I would love this. She says, so I ask, why not teach the oral tradition out of Africa, which includes an equally relevant commentary on human behavior? Agreed. Why not teach translations of early writings or oral storytelling from Latin America or Southeast Asia, other parts of the world? 100% agree with her. But she's missing the point. This is an oral tradition. It was not meant to be read. It was meant to be heard. So that right there, if you approach Shakespeare, As a dramatist, you're going to understand him better. Communicate that to your kids who are at home right now. It's okay that they're bored reading it. Sometimes when I read, I haven't read every single Shakespeare play. I've probably read about three quarters of them. Um, I've seen half of them. Um, And sometimes when I'm reading it for the first time, I don't understand quite what's going on. But I see an actor perform it, and it makes sense. Because they have their own personal passions they connect with it. They interpret the words in a certain way. They understand the thought process of the character. They rehearsed it. They've worked on it. And they're delivering that to me. They've connected it. They synthesized it with themselves. And then they've communicated it that way. So you look at him as a dramatist, first and foremost. So, I say this. (gasps) Why not watch some Shakespeare before you read it? Now, I got, let me go to the reversal of this argument. I had somebody say to me one time, wait a minute, but I like reading Shakespeare. Good, I'm not trying to take that away from you. And that's fine, that you get something out of that. That is so beautiful, great. You have to look at the intent of it. The intent of it was to be further interpreted by another actor. Now, Shakespeare gave lots of clues to those actors on how to do that, but it was meant to be put into their mouths as well. You could take an auto mechanic and that auto mechanic might have a passion for carburetors. That's fabulous. They might know everything there is to know about carburetors. They might know every car that had a carburetor, if it was a two barrel carburetor, four barrel carburetor. um, They might know exactly how to transfer this to that, how to make a two barrel into four barrel, all this. They might be great at carburetors, but they're missing the point. That's only a piece of it. The the carburetor is only a piece of the car that makes the car go. The intent is to get you from A to B with that car. All right. So this article that I was reading (laughs) um, that I have a lot of criticisms for, I'll say it came from the Washington Post, and it made me laugh. I have nothing against the Washington Post, but the Washington Post tagline right there was, Democracy Dies in Darkness. Well, hopefully I shed a little light on this article for you, Washington Post. So, in this time right here, let, I'm gonna give you three, real quick, and I'm about to wrap this up, three movies right here that I think embody Shakespeare well, that I think handle the language well. I think Shakespeare's better live, because he wrote for a live stage. Um, he wrote more to be heard and cinema, is really meant for the visuals that tell the story, but here are some that I think do a good job. Uh, Let's go to uh, Henry V. Kenneth Branagh's Henry V. I thought is a very, um, very faithful adaptation to the screen. It's Shakespeare's language. Um, And I would say look at that first opening uh, monologue by the chorus. It really talks about... Um, the limitations of of a theatrical space and how we can do that theatrically and how you're supposed to see it and use your imagination there with what we say and what we do. So I would say Henry V, Kenneth Branagh, I think it was 1989. Um, Here's my personal favorite. I know some people have some criticisms of this, but I love David Tennant and Patrick Stewart's Hamlet. Now, it was on stage with the, uh, I believe it was the Royal Shakespeare Company, and then they slightly adapted it to, to a film, but you can still sense how... It was a stage adaptation. I thought David Tennant did a brilliant, brilliant job. Um, I am, unpopular opinion, please don't shoot me, but unpopular opinion. I'm not a big fan of the Kenneth Branagh Hamlet. Even though they attack the uh, language, I think very faithfully, I have some disagreements with it. Please write me and talk to me about that. Um, I know some people that I greatly, greatly admire love that adaptation. Here's the last one uh warning on this one it's a if you don't watch this one with your kids it's very 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 rated r and hey roz i so i don't know what your rating system is over there in australia but rated r is like right before rated x here it's um there's a lot of sex in it a lot of a lot of blood in it uh it's very rated r but i think it's amazing amazing shakespeare on film is titus uh julie Taymor's titus uh based on shakespeare's plays titus andronicus Huge A-list names in there. Anthony Hopkins in one of his best Shakespearean performances. Um, I adore Julie Taymor. I want to be her when I grow up. I just hope I don't have to do a, a Spider-Man <laughs> right there. But we all have we all have our tough times right there. I think she's amazing. I think her adaptation for the screen is amazing. Um, I think she really really gets it, and she always has a very unique way of looking at Shakespeare. And that right there is the crux of it. I had a director in my master's degree, he told me this right here, what we find on the page can be denied on the stage, and that's why you can't limit Shakespeare to reading it. So, I will say this, during this time when you guys are home with your kids, if they've got some Shakespeare, watch the movies! Talk about the movies! And if they don't like it still, talk about that, because that's okay. Um... I'll, I'll say something, and I'm going to totally misquote it. I'm not going to even try to quote it, but even C.S. Lewis was talking about things like this that might have a loftier language. There is still a part of us that needs to rise up to it. But the wonderful thing about Shakespeare is that if you put it in a good actor's mouth, they take you halfway. So that's why I think we shouldn't just be reading Shakespeare. We need to experience it. We need to hear it. So go watch some of those movies. Um, I hope you really... Uh, Take advantage of this time right here. Um, embrace that. Hey, Jamond, how you doing? Um, so watch those with your kids. I think it's fabulous to watch Shakespeare and experience it and talk to them about it. Talk to them about what they liked, what they disliked, what they didn't understand, and maybe you can dive into it. Please write me with any questions you might have about that. Um, I adore Shakespeare. I have a passion for Shakespeare. So uh, talk to me about it and tell me that you've gone and watched some of those movies. Just don't watch Titus with your kids. It's very rated at all. All right. Love you guys. Uh, keep yourselves busy during this time right here. And I'll talk to you soon. Take care. Bye-bye. This podcast was brought to you by High Street Theater Group, LLC. For more information, email us at info at highstreettheater.com. That's info at highstreettheater with an RE.com. Or visit our website at www.highstreettheater.com.